Yo, 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 yo. What's good, everybody? What's good? What's good? What's good? What's happening? What's up? Welcome back to the Isaiah Kid Podcast, the IKP. Welcome back. Welcome back. Hope you guys are having a lovely day. Hope you guys are getting your week off started well. Hope your week started well. Obviously, I'm back. I'm back. Full effect. We're almost going, we're almost going into July. We're almost going into July. The summer is rolling. The summer is rolling. Obviously, we got some NBA playoffs to break down. We're going to get to that. The Clippers, they survive. They force a game six. Playoff P. <laughs> Playoff P is out for revengeance. He's, he, he is balling well. We got some turbulence in Atlanta with Trey Young hurt. But, you know, Scottie Pippen got some – we got – we got some things to talk about. Um, some pretty controversial things. We got we're gonna we're gonna get into a little bit of everything. Or I'm gonna try to at least, you know, you guys know me. I'm at least I'm gonna I'm at least I'm gonna at least try to get into everything. But first and foremost, I'm your humble and highly favorite host, Isaiah Kid of the Isaiah Kid Podcast. Um, <clears throat> I am doing well. I hope you guys are doing well as well. <laughs> um, hope you guys are doing fine as well. Uh, you know, it's getting hot out there. But uh, let's get into it. Let's start with the Clippers. Shouts out to shouts out to everybody. Shouts out shouts out to the first time listeners. Shouts out to the regular listeners. Uh, shout out to everybody. Shout out to everybody that's just listening. Uh, you guys could be anywhere, but you chose to be here. So let's get into it. Uh, the Clippers and the Phoenix Suns. The Clippers force a game six. Uh, Paul George. He played his tail off. 41 points, a playoff career high, and he's the third player in NBA history to score 20 plus points in 18 in the in like to the eight the first 18 playoff games uh, of a postseason. Michael Jordan has done it three times. I think that's 98, 97, and 92. Kobe did it two times. Kobe did it one time in 2008, and Kevin Durant did it. Two times, 2018 and 2012. Paul George is now amongst that illustrious list as far as all-time greats. Um, PG, and you guys know I've been critical. I, I have been critical. Like, my Paul George stance has been up and down. I praise Paul George. I'm critical of Paul George. I give you a little bit of everything with Paul George. And I think fair is fair. I'm all about... I'm all about adding context and perspective. Uh, I, I think fair is fair. And, you know, a lot of people are going crazy right now because Paul George played absolutely phenomenal. And he had 41 points, but he really, like, the efficiency, 41 points on 20 shots. He shot 15 from 20 from the field. He was super Super efficient and got quality shots. And I feel like this is the Paul George that a lot of people have been just clamoring for. You know, a lot of people wanted to see this Paul George in this form. Um, and I've been told you guys this. We can I can I can talk about the Clippers. I'm gonna talk about the Clippers and the complimentary players that played well as you know, uh like Reggie Jackson. He's playing out of his mind throughout this postseason. Uh, Marcus Morris, he had a big night. I, I'm gonna talk about them, obviously, Tyron Lou, but I want to talk about Paul George first. I want to address Paul George first. Um, because I have been talking about this 
since game five of the Utah series. Game five of the Utah series. After that game, I think I said that was one of the best games I have seen from Paul George because I added, I contextualized the situation. No Kawhi. Hit the series is tied 2 2. You're going back to Utah. And then when the game started, Utah was super hot from downtown, like scorching hot from downtown. And Paul George silenced the crowd. Paul George ended with 37 points. And the Clippers went on to went on to win game five. Then they had a closeout game at home, game six, probably the biggest game in Clipper history to date, or, or to that date. That was probably the biggest game in Clipper history. And Paul George was the guy, even though Turns Man had a big night and he had 39 and he was the lead man, but Paul George orchestrated it. Um, and since this, so since game five of the previous series, this has been one of, if not the best stretches of basketball that I have seen from Paul George, probably in his entire career. This this stretch from Game Five of the Utah series up until now, where Game Five after Game Five of the Phoenix series, this has been this stretch has been some of the best basketball that I have seen from Paul George in his career. Some the stretch, and yes, in a couple games there were some moments where he didn't necessarily uh, live up where he, he like the to the billing or whatever. He had some he had some really gut-wrenching moments where you know he missed a couple free throws that that really cost the Clippers game too but from game five from dating back to the Utah series and game five as if today after you know that wonderful game five performance versus Phoenix this has been the best stretch of basketball that I have seen from Paul George and and probably and probably his entire career Point blank, period. With that being said, it actually had me thinking about what's the difference? Like, what's the difference between Kawhi Leonard and Paul George? And obviously, before or like leading up to when this, when they were going to play together, right? When the trade went down with the Thunder and the Clippers, and you know, Kawhi signed with the Clippers, and we knew they were going to be playing with each other. We quite, we obviously knew that they were similar and they had similar play styles. But thinking about it, what's the difference? And yes, Kawhi Leonard, obviously, aside from Kawhi Leonard's a two-time Finals MVP, two-time champion, and so forth. What's like with their games? They're they're mere they're almost mere images of each other. Uh, Kawhi has been he's universally known as one of the better two-way players in basketball, if not the best two-way player in basketball, at least on the perimeter. Um, and, like, Paul George resembles those same skills. Like, he resembles those same those same caliber of skills. Um, in some, we even probably say, he, his, you know, his game, in some areas, his game might be a bit more polished. But what's the, like, the huge, there's no huge difference between Kawhi Leonard and Paul George as far as their games. There's not a lot of difference. Like, you know, Kawhi, fortunate enough to play under Pop in San Antonio. 
uh, with that great, with that historic dynasty or, you know, run that they had in San Antonio for 20 years, 20 plus years. He was, he, you know, he got to win a championship down the back end of the Duncan's career. And then obviously he went to Toronto, but where's the difference? Where's, where is the difference? And I'm not saying, I'm not saying PG is better, but I do think there is some type of correlation here. And I do think with Paul George, he 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 gets to show the optimum level of his play. You get the best Paul George when he's 1A. Like when he is the guy and you surround him with not only good role players and players that's producing around him, but also really good coaching from Ty Lue, this is what Paul George can give you. So I'm and, and and like 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 don't cast any aspersions on me. I'm not saying Paul George is better than Kawhi. I'm not saying the Clippers are better without Kawhi. But I do think individually, Paul George, he he at least he shows more confidence when he is the guy. When like he knows he's the guy and the number one option. And I got into a pretty interesting conversation that. I'm not going to fully get into, but I got a, I got into a pretty interesting conversation with somebody about first and second options and this term, Robin. I, I got into a pretty interesting conversation, and I think it's really insightful, but I'm not going to get too deep into that. But as I was saying, when it, in terms of when Paul George, it, when he knows he's undoubtedly the first option, he plays better. He does. He, he you get you get a better version of PG than you would you would usually get. And and, and I'm not saying the Kawhi, like I said, I'm not don't cast any aspersions. I'm not saying Kawhi uh and Paul George can't play together. I'm not saying Kawhi is, is inferior to Paul George. I'm not saying the Clippers are better without Kawhi Leonard. I'm not saying none of those things. All I'm saying is individually, when Paul George knows he's the guy. And he has a a, a pretty strong because I would say this Clippers supporting cast is it, it's proven it's proven itself to be a really strong supporting cast. And then Tyron Lue, we all know we can I think we can all attest and praise Tyron Lue for the coaching job and the coaching display that has happened throughout these postseason throughout this playoffs with the Clippers. We can all acknowledge that. So I think I think that's a pretty interesting thing. And you know with Kawhi. You know, he the load management thing, the injury thing, you know, that 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 can weigh on somebody. Um, so I'm not like I said, I'm not saying Paul George is better. I'm not saying the Clippers are better, but I do think individually, when Paul George is the number one option, when he knows definitively when he's the number one option, I do think his performance goes to another level that a lot of people were clamoring for. Um, now let's get to the Clippers as a whole. The Clippers as a whole played really well last night with their backs against the wall. They played awesome. They were great. Both ends. Um, I can't I, – I, I know you guys are going to get tired of me. I know you guys are going to get tired of me. And But I can't I, – I got to. I have to get – I have to shed light on the job, on the coaching job that Tyron Lue is doing. And I think with me, the reason why I keep shedding light on it and I keep bringing it up, because his like – his philosophy, as far as what we have seen in this po- in this postseason, 
it's so unorthodox. It's it it goes against what we're what what the norm is for NBA coaches in the postseason, and that is usually NBA coaches. They usually play seven to eight guys. They cut their rotation and they go seven eight deep. Ty Lue has completely flipped that, and he has extended his rotation and given certain matchups. Given certain adjustments, he will he's willing to he's willing to play his 10th best guy. He's willing to play his 10th guy in the rotation because if that 10th guy in the in his regular rotation fits a particular matchup, best in believe that 10th guy is going to play. And you usually don't see that from NBA coaches in the postseason. They usually go with their best seven to eight guys. That's usually how it goes. So I think t- the thing, the the I think that's what keeps gravitating. That's why I keep gravitating to the Tyron Lue point. It's because he is doing something that's unorthodox and that's and that goes against the norm, and it's working and he's had success. I also think the Clippers they're mentally tougher this year, and they're they have they have completely picked up and grabbed the personality of Tyron Lue, and it's now on this team. Um, I think guys like Reggie Jackson and Marcus Morris played really well. Paul George, yes, he played great. He played awesome. Playoff P, whatever you want to call him. Um, but first quarter, I felt like Paul George was a bit out of sort a little bit. He had he had some cut. He had a he had a few careless passes um, and, and, and and careless turnovers. But Marcus Morris, Reggie Jackson. 25 out of the 36 points they scored in the first quarter. So I felt that was big because the Clippers had they got out to a they got out to a pretty decent lead out at after the end of the first quarter and Paul George didn't even play what play that well. So I I kind of felt like that gave I, I, that gave PG some some like confidence. Okay, I didn't play particularly well in the first quarter. That's okay. My guys came to play tonight. So I'm going to have to rise to the occasion and step up with them. And that's what Paul George did. I think it's I think you know what the, what Phoenix is doing right now. Um and I think they I think Monty Williams he had made the proper adjustments to you know adjusting to the th- the 2-3 zone that the Clippers threw at them. I I do think they they try to make those adjustments. I do think Phoenix could play a bit a bit more faster. The first two games that they played, uh, or that they won, I should say, the the tempo was 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 speeding. It, it was quick. It was a, they were playing a high octane offense, and it was quick. With Chris Paul coming back, obviously, I know Chris Paul is older and a vet, but they gotta somehow, some way, you know, pick, try to try to pick up the tempo a little bit because when you're just walking the ball up the floor and it's and slowing down the pace. You're not only slowing down the pace, but you're giving the Clippers defense time to read and react and set up. Um, so I think I want to see Phoenix get back to a little bit of that. Um, but Phoenix, you're, with, with the Phoenix Suns are doing, and I picked them to win this series, but what they're doing is giving a Clippers team that is well-coached, that's going to have the proper adjustments. They're giving a Clipper team with all of these ingredients a lot of uh, uh, some more confidence. And you don't want you you don't want to go into a game seven where the where the Clippers are so confident they, like they believe they can win this series. 
So I think Phoenix is playing with some fire a little bit. I think they're playing with some fire. I'm very curious to see how game six turns out. I do think Phoenix, I, I, I do think they're a little bit better. I do think they edge out a win, but they're playing with fire with, try, with giving the Clippers some confidence. All right, so let's shift gears to a topic that everybody is talking about. That has drawn that have drawn a lot of ears, a lot of eyes. Uh it's very it's a great marketing scheme if you're trying to sell something, saying certain things, the media get a grab of it, get a hold of it, and then everybody's just reacting, 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 which causes a lot of buzz social media and so forth. You got Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. So you got all these variables around this topic. And the topic is Scottie Pippen. Scottie Pippen, right? As you don't if you don't know Scottie Pippen, uh he has a book coming out. He's trying to also sell bourbon. And obviously the big new the 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 headline news is Scottie Pippen calls Phil Jackson a racist. Before I dive deep into it, I'm going to play a clip from the Dan Patrick and Scottie Pippen interview where you can find this quote. Listen up. Let me understand the GQ article where you talked about the 1994 playoff game when you refused to go back in the game and Phil set up the play for Tony Kukoc. Well, I mean, it's not much to be said. If you go back and look at when Scottie Pippen entered the Bulls and when Tony Kukoc entered the Bulls and who deserved the last shot of the game. No, no, no. I understand that, Scotty. I'm just going by what you said. You said you need to read between the fine lines. And then you go on to say it was a racial move to give him, Tony Kukoc, a ride. So, I mean, if you knew that Scottie Pippen had been with the Bulls from 87, battled through the Pistons and every other team that we had to get to those three championships, wouldn't you give Scottie Pippen one opportunity to get a last second shot without Michael Jordan? Like, one year without Michael Jordan. Can I get one shot? Like, I'm doing all the dirty work. But all of that I understand from the basketball standpoint. But when you say a racial move... Well, why would why would Tony, who was a rookie, get the last second shot and you put me up a bounce? That's what I mean, racial. Like that was Scottie Pippen's team. But but Scottie Phil Pippen then, was but, but, on pace to be an MVP that year, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, why would you put him in a position not to be successful? Why wouldn't you put him in a position to succeed? Michael Jordan is not there. So who's next in line for you? But have you talked to Phil about this? Because you, by saying a racial move, then you're you're calling Phil a racist. I don't got a problem with that. Do you think Phil was or is? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, do you remember Phil Jackson? Okay. So uh, that was a pretty long clip that I played for you guys. <laughs> I think the longest clip that I have played for you guys um, on this podcast. And I want... Yeah, so <laughs> and it's a lot to it's a lot to dissect. Now let me first give you guys my take. My opinion is so this is what I've been noticing. Not even my opinion, but this is what I've been noticing. Since the last dance, which was remarkable, 
I enjoyed the last dance, but since the last dance, players, uh, especially Scottie Pippen and Scottie Pippen headline, he 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 headlines this list. Scottie Pippen has had some grievances about the last dance. Now, I don't think I, I I think I think the last dance was awesome. I think it was great. Uh, it it really outlined in detail the the run the two runs three peats that the Chicago Bulls had, you know, leading up to the three-peat, obviously Michael Young years and, you know, the Bulls trying to overcome the Pistons and so forth. And then, you know, they start winning championships and they then, the second time around, they had Rodman. It, you know, it, it has that whole dynamic. And I think a lot of people from Chicago, diehard Chicago fans, diehard Michael Jordan fans, uh, diehard basketball fans in general, uh, especially that grew up in that era, uh, they enjoyed it. They soaked it all in. Scotty, like I said, Scotty, over the last couple, and he's had he's and Scotty. I he's 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 made some comments that I have not agreed with wholeheartedly. Um, over these past over the past couple days, over the past several days, he's made some comments that I just dislike. Just I just that's he's made some disingenuous comments. Okay, um. Scotty with this last dance, and I think this dates back to the last dance. I think this, this, all of this, a lot of this, a lot of the grievances stems from last dance, some of them. And I think there were some positive things that were said about Scotty Pippen in the last dance. I think there was, uh, I think there was some negative light shed on Scotty Pippen in the last dance. No matter how you feel about it, it was all facts. It was all facts. Facts over feelings. Facts over emotion. And like I said, Michael Jordan had, you know, the I think the, the couple negative things, obviously, the situation that Scotty talked about, that was in the last dance. That was documented. And that didn't make Scotty look the best. Then Michael Jordan criticized Scotty for, uh, you know, having the surgery and doing the rehab process, you know, doing that whole process in the regular season, you know, throughout the season, having that done. He criticized Scotty and he thought that was selfish and, you know, so that whole part that that's that's really like the two big negatives that was really shedded on uh on the last dance Scotty he got to get over this whole situation with Tony Kukoc and the last shot um in in a basketball sense with the way how he explained it it makes sense it does like when you listen to it in a basketball sense it makes sense. It's like, okay, Michael Jordan left. Scotty is now the guy. Scotty had a really good regular season. Scotty led the Bulls to a really good record record in the regular season. Even Scotty even mentioned he was uh he was looked upon as a MVP candidate that year. I think the thing that gets covered up and doesn't get talked about enough is two things. First, prior to that Tony Kukoc shot. Scottie Pippen had two opportunities, two, in that same game, two opportunities 
to make big shots, and he didn't. He missed both of them. The second thing that doesn't get talked about enough is uh, Tony Kukoc, in similar situations in the regular season, had converted and made clutch shots in similar situations. He's made clutch shots in similar situations, rookie and all. He had moments like that in the regular season, earlier throughout that season. That don't Those two points don't get talked about enough. And Scotty can be mad about him not taking the last shot. You had two opportunities prior to that, and you missed. You missed. And it, it's so weird that we even still have this conversation because Phil drew up the right play. Tony Kukoc executed it. And they won the ball game. And he made the shot. Why are we still talking about this? But then to Scotty's big point about Phil Jackson being a racist, that is such an enormous claim to make upon anybody. That's an enormous claim to make upon anybody. Because with that, you're making or you're breaking somebody's character. When you throw statements out to that magnitude, you better have concrete evidence and, and, and reasoning as to why you made such a, such an enormous claim. Because calling somebody a race, racist is an enormous claim. Calling somebody a sexual predator is an enormous claim. Calling somebody a murderer is an enormous claim claim and if you make that type of claim please have concrete evidence and reasoning or have concrete evidence or reasoning as to why you made that claim because with Scotty he uses the example of the 1994 semifinals he uses that Tony Kukoc example as his example for Tony for, for Phil Jackson being a racist. That's not concrete at all. That's that has that's not racial. That is that is Tony Kukoc got a play call for him. Scotty, you missed two shots. You had two opportunities prior to that situation to make a big shot. You didn't make it. Phil decided to go with Tony Kukoc who earlier in the season has made similar plays to the play that he made in that game. And he hit the jumper. He hit the game-winning shot. So to say, to reach that far and to say Phil is a racist, it's a bad look. It's a bad look. And like I said, Scotty's trying to sell a book. He's trying to sell bourbon. Just a bad look. And I don't know. He's trying to sell bourbon. Hope he I shouldn't be trying to drink it all. Come on. Come on. And I asked two journalists that I respected. 
that are really good, well-respected, two journalists, I asked two journalists about this interview. And I asked them, because you guys know I'm a communications major. And I asked them, what should what what should have been in that situation with Dan Patrick and Scottie Pippen? What should have been the what 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 was the proper question that Dan Patrick? What was the most what what was the most proper? What could have been the most proper question that Dan Patrick could have posed to Scottie Pippen after he had basically said that Phil Jackson is a racist? What 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 would have been the proper question to pose? And you know what they told me? They told me Dan Patrick should have asked Scotty. Well, Scotty, to make such an enormous claim of that magnitude, can you give me some more examples um, or some reasoning as to why you think Phil Jackson is a racist? Now, obviously, I would imagine, let's, let's just imagine that prior to the interview, uh, Scotty and his team probably talked with Dan Patrick and, you know, probably said, hey, don't ask these type of questions or whatever. That And that happens a lot with, you know, interview the, the people that the, the interviewers often get asked by the person team who they're interviewing. Hey, you know, what kind of questions are you going to ask and so forth? Right. So I can imagine that probably happened. But. I felt like I feel like Dan Patrick, with him being an established media member, I feel like he um he didn't I don't think he properly I don't think he and, and who am I who am I I'm just a second year college I'm I'm just a college student going into my sophomore year, but I don't think that was the I, I don't think Dan Patrick asked the proper follow up question to such an enormous claim of that magnitude and that's just me and I heard and I've had two established two um well-respected journalists tell me the same thing. I asked them because I didn't want to come off like out of line. And I asked them, I said, what would have been the proper follow-up question for Dan Patrick to ask Scottie Pippen after he made such an enormous claim? You know what they told me? They told me the same thing I just told you. What, 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 what examples, Scotty? Okay. Phil's right. What examples do you have of this? What reason do you have of this? Where's your evidence? That's what they told me. Dan Patrick didn't do that. I felt like Dan Patrick kind of failed. Dan Patrick and Scottie Pippen kind of failed the public with that. And even if Scottie Pippen, even if Dan Patrick would have asked that question and Scottie Pippen and Scottie Pippen and answered, um, it's in the book. Well, I would have been like, hey, Scotty, um, I don't have the book in front of me. Um, and I don't, I don't have, I don't have any plans on purchasing a $34.95 book. What, what, what are examples? What are the examples of Phil being a racist? Because the one that he continues to keep giving and the one situation that he continues to talk about, um, it's not concrete at all whatsoever. Whatsoever. It makes no sense whatsoever. So, I hope Scottie Pippen is fine. Uh, I hope he's doing well mentally. But some of the stuff that he's saying, and I and, and, and like I and, and like I said, I think I'm not saying Scotty can't have an opinion, but 
you spewing and speaking your opinion, you know how people say, I'm entitled to my own opinion. Well, I think, and there's a college professor, I forgot where he, I, I forgot where this professor is, but there's a college professor where he talks to his students about, okay, you're only entitled to your opinion if you can back that up and have substantial evidence and substantial reasoning why why your opinion is valid because if you don't have any substantial evidence or reason which behind what you are saying then one could question how 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 valuable is your opinion one could question that and i think with scotty to make such an enormous like i said to make a claim that like that that's a that that's a tough claim to make that's an that's a huge claim to make you have to be careful because you have no real evidence behind that or examples behind that you have no real examples behind that so i, I like i said i hope scotty's doing well hope he's okay um mentally whatever uh, and i don't want to say whatever like that but i hope he's okay but uh, a, a lot of this, a lot of this sounds, it, a lot of Scotty's comments over the last couple, over these past, his last few comments just seem, they just seem like a grievances. And it's it's like he, for, it's oh, excuse me, it's like he forgot what happened. Like, bro, you, Scotty, Scotty, you, you, you missed two shots prior to the Kuko shot. You had your opportunity. You didn't cash in on it. So it just seems like some uh, just a, a list of grievances that Scotty is that list he's that he's listing and also just him misremembering misremembering the situation. And Scotty has hit some big shots so I was, but he we're not we like we don't we don't we don't recognize Scotty Pippen as a closer. We don't we don't, and I'm not saying we should, or I'm not saying it's his fault, but we don't recognize him as a closer. So I feel like there's a lot of grievances being listed, and I feel like he focuses on the negative too much and not on the positive. That's, that's like concerning the last dance, because this, this, like I said, it dates back to the last dance a bit. So I, I hope this, I, I mean, he's trying, like I said, he's trying to sell a book. He's trying to sell bourbon. He has products that he's trying to sell. Uh, it's buzzing. It, this thing is buzzing. This story is buzzing. So he's gonna get a lot of sales off of it. And and, and even with the Kobe Bryant situation that Scotty mentioned, where Phil wrote the book about Kobe, and even with that situation, first of all, Kobe ended up wanting and God rest his soul. Kobe Bryant ended up wanting he wanted Phil Jackson back as his head coach. So what does that tell you? And then secondly, that's not necessarily racial. That was, yeah, I mean, you could view that as like a disloyal move or a sneaky move. Like that, yeah, I, I wouldn't be mad if somebody said that was disloyal or just sneaky, but racial that, that, that like that's like I said, that my whole thing is that's such a huge claim to make. Where if you're going to make a claim like that, if you're going to go down that road, if you're going to really play that card and play that game, 
then you got to be ready with substantial and concrete evidence and reasoning as to why you made such a claim. So even with the Kobe claim, with the even with that Kobe situation that Scotty mentioned at the tail bit of the end, um, even with that, it, it like that's still not racial. That's not a racist move. That's that's that that, that that's nothing. That's nothing race related. <laughs> that it's not like I just don't see the parallels. I just don't. I don't see the parallels. I don't see it. I don't. I don't see enough of the parallels where you could connect the dots and say, okay, this is like, just don't see it. Like the details that can that continue to just come out of this, and, and the more and more I think about this whole entire situation, like, first it took you almost what ninety four, what twenty seven years, twenty seven years to come out and say to say all of this to make this. This claim that 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 you have very little evidence for, no no real examples for, you and then you in two thousand and five, you were literally working for Phil Jackson. You were a special. You took the special the special assistant job with the Lakers under Phil Jackson. And you're Scottie Pippen, so you don't. I don't I don't know about the financial situation, but I could imagine you didn't really need the money. So why why were you working under Phil? Why did you why did you willingly take a job under Phil Jackson if you knew he was racist, right? Like the more and more you put the pieces together with this whole situation, it it it, it just it's just blurry and it, and it doesn't make sense. And you the foundation of this whole claim that Scotty is making, it's like it's not substantial and it's not good. It, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not going to sway anybody in one, like it's not going to sway anybody to believe Scotty Pippen. And I'm not, and like I said, I'm not saying his opinion doesn't matter. I'm not saying that Phil Jackson, like Phil, I don't, we don't know, but to make an, a, to make a claim like that is huge. And to not have any substantial evidence it just lacks. It, it makes your opinion and your statement and your claim just worthless. It's worthless. So he couldn't. I, I, come on, come on, Scotty. Come on, come on, Scotty. All right. So that was that was a that was a lot. That was a handful. Um, but let's move to the Milwaukee Bucks, the Eastern Conference Finals. The Milwaukee Bucks, who lead the series two games to one versus the Atlanta Hawks. Obviously, Chris Middleton had a big-time fourth quarter, a big-time, I repeat, a big-time fourth quarter where he got absolutely hot, uh, and that propelled, that led to the Milwaukee Bucks taking a 2-1 lead, as I already mentioned. Um, and we're heading into a critical game four for the Atlanta Hawks, and they may they may have to play game four without Trey Young, um, obviously their best player. Uh, it's still questionable. They they haven't made the the Hawks haven't made a decision yet whether or not he will be playing. Um, but so we don't know if he's going to play or not. Uh, and he has a bone bruise, so we don't know if he's going to play or not. I feel like this has to make game four. Okay, so game four, I think has the making of a trap game. I think it, I think it could I think it could very well be a trap game for the Milwaukee Bucks where. 
they're expecting Trey Young to play. They're gearing up for Trey Young to play, and then he ends up not playing. And Atlanta plays some fluent team basketball offensively, and that that could potentially make the game really close, right? Uh, I think that I think this, so. I think Game Four has the makings of a trap game. Um, Milwaukee should go out here and handle business. Milwaukee should go out here and handle business and try to take the first steps to shutting the door in this series and doing that by doing that you going up three games to one and and basically saying hey this series is virtually over that's what Milwaukee should do now if I know Milwaukee Milwaukee is very is highly inconsistent uh, I'm not gonna say highly inconsistent, but they're a bit inconsistent. Their ex, their late game execution and their execution just in general is it, it, it leaves a lot to be desired. And I can't and and throughout these both of these series, Eastern Conference Finals and Western Conference Finals, I can't really identify who's the best team in basketball. One night it looks like the Bucks. One night it looks like Phoenix. One night it looks like Atlanta. One night it looks like the Clippers. I can't really identify who's the best team remaining. Um, and soon we'll be crowning a champion very soon in the next coming weeks. But boy, oh boy, this 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 run by whoever wins it, 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 it it's been a crazy run. But I, I think Milwaukee, you have to win this game. And I feel like the pre- if, especially if Trey doesn't play tonight. The, tr- the pressure shifts to Milwaukee because now Milwaukee has to close out. Milwaukee has to beat them because they have no Trey Young, who the Hawks, in my opinion, I think they rely a bit too much on Trey Young to create offense. Um, I think there is, I think the gap between Trey Young and the Hawks' second best player, who would probably be John Collins, I think that that gap is too wide. I think that gap is too wide, and I think that leads to Trey Young happening to create so much and the Hawks being so reliant on Trey Young and his offense and his playmaking. Um, I think that's I think that's the Hawks' real problem right there. Um, but like I said, if he's out, I think it creates a trap game situation and scenario for the Hawks, and I do think that will lead to more ball movement and more – more activity on the offensive end than where when they have Trey, they're depending on Trey. They're looking at Trey to create offense, create jump shots, um, or, or, you know, open jump, you know, open jumpers and so forth, uh, and lobs. And, you know, I think the so I'm, and, and like I said, I'm not saying Atlanta, obviously the Hawks are not a better team. Like the Hawks are obviously a better team when Trey Young plays, but when he's if he misses to, if he misses tonight's game, I think you're gonna see more ball movement. You're gonna see more ball movement, more player movement, because then the offense would flow. Uh, with Trey, like I said, you're 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 waiting on Trey. You're looking at Trey to create. You're looking at Trey to create in you know, set the tempo and the in the pace for the offense. Um now like I said, the Hawks are better when Trey Young is on the floor. That's that's that 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 shouldn't have to be said. 
Um, but I know how people can misconstrue things and take things out of context. Um, but if you're Milwaukee, you want to close you you want to shut you go you want to try to shut the door on tonight's series. If you're Milwaukee, you want to shut the door tonight and go up three games to one and head back home and advance to the NBA Finals. That's what you want to do. Go up three one tonight. Go back home, win one more game, and then advance to the NBA Finals. That should be the Milwaukee Bucks' goal, especially if they have no Trey Young. It should be it should be that the goal is obviously that with or without Trey Young, but especially if they don't have Trey Young, you got to take advantage of it. You got to take advantage of it and not fall for the trap because I think this is a trap game. If especially if Trey Young, it, it, I think it's a trap game. If Trey Young doesn't play, I think the Hawks. I'm not gonna say they're gonna win, but it's a trap game, and the Milwaukee Bucks better be careful. They better be careful. But I think this play, like I said, this playoff run. You know, we're in the conference finals. Usually, you can get, you can kind of get a feel of who's the better team and uh, who you think should win it all, especially by now. But I really can't tell. Sometimes, like I said, sometimes it looks like Phoenix. And the Phoenix and Clippers series has been great. It's been entertaining. But like I said, it, my, my, point, my point still remains true. I can't really grasp who's the better team, who's the best team. Like I said, one night, look at the Clippers. Following night, it could be the Clip, it, it, it could be the Suns, you know, or it could be Atlanta, or it could be more. It, it just, I just haven't been able to find who's the better team, who's the best team. Um, so yeah, I uh, hope you guys enjoyed. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Isaiah Kid Podcast, the IKP. I wanted to make it as short as possible. Um. And I, might have, I may have a guest come on on Friday, on Saturday's episode. I may have a guest come on on Saturday's, Saturday's episode so we can even, you know, break down the conference finals. Um, you know, if if the NBA finals matchups are set, we could talk about that, obviously. But I hope you guys enjoy. Uh, always remember two choices, one decision. I am out. Peace, deuces. I hope you guys enjoy. Like, oh, I said that again. <laughs> uh, I do. I do. I really do hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, come back, <laughs> tune in, um, uh, and be safe. I see you guys. Deuces, peace.